Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Come on, can we thank Brittany? Thanks, Britt, for that word. And so, yeah, pretty powerful testimony. And, you know, Britt shared before that as she went through her cancer journey as a teenager, that Jesus really was... Uh, the only hope that she had and got her through. And um, we should never tire, church, of hearing people's testimonies about Jesus. You should also never tire of telling your own testimonies about Jesus. I think sometimes we can get so caught up just, you know, doing the Christian thing that we hear testimonies about Jesus and different things and we go, oh yeah, that was nice. No, no, Jesus is alive today. He's at work in people's lives today. We should never tire of testifying and hearing testimonies about Jesus. And we should also never tire of hearing the gospel, meaning the good news, meaning the central theme of our faith. For it is the reason we gather here today that it's some time, it's some place, most of us here have heard the message of the gospel that God so loved the world that He sent His only Son to make a way for you and I to be reconciled with God. For that is the very foundation of our faith. And we should never get too Christian and never get too used to to our church that that does not do something inside of you, excite you, make you wanna shout, make you wanna praise God. God, make you want to say thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. Because at some point or another, even if you could remember back even now, that point where you heard that message and you came to that message with faith and you put your faith in that message, you had an encounter with God. And in a moment when He made you new, He set you free. We shouldn't tire of testifying about the good things that God has done. And we should never tire of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the reason we gather this morning, as the Bible college students shared and Brit shared, I had a scripture come to mind, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. It says this, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf, He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. You know, Brit's testimony and the message of the Gospel is a great reminder to you and I this morning that our hope in Jesus and who He is and all that He has done is an anchor for you and I through all the unknowns, through all the uncertainties, through all the hardships, through all the adversities, through all the pressures of life, the hope that you and I as Christians have in Jesus and who He is and what He came to do is an anchor to see us through every circumstance, every situation, every unknown, every uncertainty, every hardship, every pressure and every adversity of life. The hope we have in Jesus should be an anchor. I love the imagery that the writer of Hebrews uses of an anchor. You know, we did a series as a church through the book of Hebrews. And so we know that the book of Hebrews is written to people who are being persecuted. The book of Hebrews is being written to people who are under pressure because of their faith. 
So much so that they're turning back to their old way of life, their old way of thinking, their old way of doing things because the pressure and the adversity and the persecution is too much. And right in the middle of what they're going through, the writer of Hebrews writes this, the hope you have in Jesus should be an anchor. To use similar imagery this morning, it's like the people of, oh, that the book of Hebrews is written to, it's like they were going through a storm. It's like they were getting hit by wave after wave after wave. It's like they were getting tossed around by the wind and the waves. And right here in Hebrews chapter 6, the writer of Hebrews says, hang on a second, the hope that you have should be an anchor through any storm, through any circumstance, through any wave that may crash upon you, from all the wind and the waves that may blow you around, the hope that we have in Christ should be an anchor. It should be an anchor. Christians, if you profess faith in Jesus, we should be anchored people, centred people, grounded people, and not anchored and centred and grounded in and of our own strength, but anchored and centred and grounded in Jesus and who He is and all that He came. And the hope that we have in Jesus should anchor you through any storm that you may face in life. You can't get away from pressures in life. You can't get away from adversities in life. There are stories in the Bible where Jesus literally comes and calms the storm. And it's the same is true for you and I. There are times that I've seen in my life that I'm sure some of you have seen in your life where Jesus will come and it's almost just like, He calms the storm. There are are other times though where He does not. And you walk through the storm and you walk through the waves and you walk through whatever's happening to you in life But even then, He doesn't leave you alone because right here in Hebrews chapter 6, it says that you have an anchor. Not an anchor that is flippant, not an anchor that is weak, not an anchor that is unstable, but an anchor that is firm and secure. What is that hope that is an anchor? Well, Hebrews says that it's Jesus. It says that He goes through the inner curtain of the sanctuary, meaning that He has entered into the presence of God and is now seated at the right hand of God. And the Bible says here that He is our forerunner, which means He is the one who has gone before. And so our hope is that as He has gone before, He has actually made a way for you and I to enter into the presence of God as well for all eternity. That is the hope that we have. But it also says that He's our high priest. So as He is seated at the right hand of God, not only do we have hope for the future, but we have the hope for right now, that right now, whatever you're going through, wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing, you have a high priest in heaven who is interceding for you, who is on your side, who is beckoning you, who is calling you, who is encouraging you, who is saying, keep going, keep moving. Not only that, the Bible says that Jesus did not leave us to our own devices, but He sent His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to empower you, to comfort you, to give you everything that you need to get through the storms of life that you're going through. And that is an anchor that is firm and secure. What is our hope? Not only do we have hope for the future, that one you and I will be found in glory in the presence of God. How do we know that? Because our forerunner Jesus has already gone there. He's seated in the presence of God right now. 
And so not only do we have hope for the future, but we have hope for the right now as well. And you might say, but my world looks hopeless. Well, guess what? You hope right now because there is a high priest in heaven who sits at the right hand of the Father, who intercedes for you, who gifts you, who calls you, who beckons you, who takes away your sin, who continually forgives you, who continually empowers you. Not only that, did He send His Holy Spirit to empower you, to gift you, to give you the words to say when you don't have words to say, even to give you the prayers to pray when you don't have any prayers to pray. He has not left you on your own. That is the hope that is an anchor for our soul, not just a hope for the future, but a hope for the now. And not just the now that we have to do it by ourselves, but the promise that He'll never leave us, never forsake us, that He sent His Spirit to empower us so that we can continue to move through the storms of life. So the question is, how do we hold on to that hope? How do you hold on to the anchor? How do you hold on to the anchor? You know, there's a, there's a story that they used to tell. They might still tell it. Rabbis would tell uh, Hebrew students and Jewish boys. And it's like a parable that they used to tell. And the story goes like this, that as the Israelites were running from the Egyptians, in all the commotion and all the people and all the hustle and bustle and all the nerves and all the fear of what was ha- going on. There was a group of Israelites that were in the middle of the, the, the group of people and they were moving and they were walking and they were pulling their carts. And as they were moving and as they were walking and as they were pulling their carts, they began to step in mud and they began to see that there was mud in their clothes and their cart, their carts began to be hard to be pulled and they couldn't pull their carts through the mud. And so they start complaining about the mud that's in between their toes and the muds that stuck and, and they can't move their, their carts through and they begin to walk and they keep walking, but they're looking down and they're looking at the mud and they keep complaining and the mud's getting really bad and they walk all the way through and they come out to dry ground and all they're doing is sitting there and complaining about the mud. What they did because they kept looking at the mud in their toes and complaining about the mud in their toes, that they actually missed that the reason they were in the mud was because they were walking where the Red Sea once was. And because they kept their head down looking at the mud and their current situation, they missed the walls of water standing at their side so that they could walk through to their freedom. Obviously, the, the point of the story is what mud are you looking at that's distracting you from the miracle that you may be in? What mud are you looking at that's distracting you from the freedom that you're walking in? What mud are you complaining about? I just feel like to encourage some people with this this morning and it was me this week and so I want to encourage you with it as well is simply this thought. Look up. You're under pressure. You feel like there's hardships, adversities. Maybe there's mud around you. Maybe you've been walking in the mud. Look up. For we have a hope 
that is an anchor for our soul. Look up. You may be in the middle of a miracle that you'll testify about for years to come. But the only way you get through the mud is to look up. Turn your eyes and your hearts back towards Jesus today. Sometimes we forget when life gets messy, we actually have a God that He's real, that He's alive, that He's interceding for us, sent His Spirit to grace us, to empower us, to face everything that we need to face in life. And sometimes we can forget. So my simple message this morning to you is to look up. Turn your eyes and your hearts back to Jesus. For there is no greater encouragement in all of Scripture. There is no greater encouragement, I believe, in all of life is to simply tell people to turn their hearts and their eyes back to Jesus, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're looking into. Maybe you're here, you don't even know Jesus. Can I encourage you something? Look to Jesus. I was at a youth conference a few weeks ago. Someone literally asked me at the youth conference, a youth kid said, No, I hear people say run to Jesus all the time and look to Jesus all the time, but how do I actually do that? Which is fair, right? Because sometimes as preachers, we say these things and it's like, that sounds good, but how do I practically do it? And um, I just really felt like, for whatever isn't in the moment, I said, well, you just, you've got to turn your attention back to Him. It's a heart posture. You turn your attention back to Him. You turn your heart back towards Him come with a posture back that's focused back on Jesus. And in true youth fashion, they just deadpan looked at me and said, cool, how do I do that? And I said, I've been out of the youth game too long now. But without thinking, I just said, well, you go to his word. That's my answer for everything these days, but it's true. You go to his word. Then they looked at me and said, what book? And I said, any book. Because from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Him. And He can be found in every book. And when you find Him in the Word, your heart cannot help but be turned back towards Him. Your eyes can't help to turn back towards Him. When you find Jesus in the Word, And you understand who He is and what He has done and what He continues to do for you and I. Your heart and your life and your eyes cannot help but be turned back to Jesus. And so the band can come back up because I'm almost done. But I did an exercise this week where I said, okay, where are you in the Word, Jesus? Where are you in the Word, Jesus? So I can turn my heart, my eyes back to you. So that I can find this hope again. I can be an anchor for my soul. And so in Genesis, Jesus is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, He is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, He is the priest, the altar and the lamb sacrifice. In Numbers, He is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, Jesus is the prophet like Moses. In Joshua, Jesus is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, He is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, He is our kinsman and redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, He is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, He is our reigning king. In Ezra, He is the rebuilder of the broken down walls of human life. 
In Nehemiah, Jesus is the restorer. In Esther, He is our advocate. In Job, Jesus is the ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, He is our shepherd. In Proverbs, He is our wisdom. In the Ecclesiastes, He is our hope of resurrection. In Song of Songs, He is the loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, He is the suffering servant. In Jeremiah, He is the righteous wronged. In Lamentations, He is the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, He is the one with the right to rule. In Daniel, He is the fourth man in the fiery furnace. In Hosea, Jesus is the faithful husband forever married to the sinner. In Joel, He is the one who baptises with the Holy Spirit and fire. In Amos, Jesus is the restorer of justice. In Obadiah, Jesus is mighty to save. In Jonah, He is the great and foreign missionary. In Micah, Jesus is the feet of the one who brings the good news. In Nehemiah, Jesus is our stronghold in the day of trouble. In Habakkuk, Jesus is my Saviour. In Zephaniah, He is the King of Israel. In Haggai, He is the the signet ring. In Zechariah, He is the humble King riding on the colt. In Malachi, Jesus is the Son of Righteousness. In Matthew, Jesus is God with us. In Mark, Jesus is the Son of God. In Luke, He is the Son of Mary, feeling what you feel. In John, He is the bread of life. In Acts, Jesus is the Saviour of the world. In Romans, Jesus is the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, He is the resurrection. In 2 Corinthians, He is God of all comfort. In Galatians, He is your liberty. He sets you free. In Ephesians, Jesus is the head of the church. In Philippians, Jesus is our joy. In Colossians, He is our completeness. In 1 and 2 Thessalonians, Jesus is our hope. In 1 Timothy, He is our He is your faith. In 2 Timothy, Jesus is your stability. In Titus, Jesus is the truth. In Philemon, He is the He is the benefactor. He is our benefactor. In Hebrews, He is our perfection. In James, He is the power behind your faith. In 1 Peter, He is your example. In 2 Peter, Jesus is your purity. In 1 John, Jesus is your life. In 2 John, uh, he is your pattern. In third John, He is your motivation. In Jude, He is the foundation of our faith. And in Revelations, Jesus is your coming King. Your heart cannot be helped, but be turned towards Jesus when you find Him. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the keeper of all creation and the creator of all. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. He always was, He always is, and He always will be unmoved, uncheated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand Him. Armies can't defeat Him. Schools can't explain Him. And the leaders can't ignore Him. Herod couldn't kill Him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse Him. People couldn't hold Him. Nero couldn't crush Him. Hitler couldn't find Him. The New Age can't replace Him. TV can't explain Him away and the grave couldn't hold Him. He is life, love, longevity and law. He is goodness, kindness, gentleness and love. He is holy, righteous, mighty, powerful and good. His way is right. His words are eternal. His rule is unchanging and His mind is on you. He is my Redeemer. He is my Saviour. He is my God. He is my Priest. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord and he, he is my law and He rules my life. How do you hold on to hope? You turn your eyes back to Jesus. For when you turn your eyes and your life back to Jesus, your soul is anchored in a hope that is firm and secure. Your soul is anchored in a hope. That is firm and secure.
We're gonna sing this song again. We'll sing King of My Heart again. And I just really want us to just spend a moment just sing this song. But I want just for even just for a moment for you to forget about the mud that's in between your toes. So forget about the pressures and the things of life, even just for a moment. To turn your eyes and your heart and your attention back to the Lord. I believe that even as I've been speaking, there have been elements, there have been things that the Holy Spirit's been pressing on your heart, moving on your heart. Where He's saying, hey, turn back to me. I believe that some of you may need to have a repentant moment where your life and your mind is turned back to Christ. I believe that some of you have been walking through the mud. You've been walking through stuff, pressures, storms of life, adversities and hardships, uncertainties and unknowns. And I just believe that as that has burdened you today, as that has burdened you the last few months, I just really feel like that as we worship God, I get a sense that He wants to pour His Spirit out upon you and bring healing. Not even not just physical healing, but emotional healing. When we walk through stuff in life, our emotions get hit wave after wave after wave after wave. And you know what? I believe that our God is able even to heal our emotions this morning where they've been pulled through the mud where there's stuff that has happened. All He needs you to do is look up, surrender your life to Jesus and let Him move in your life. Let Him move in your life. The goal of this morning is that if you've come in here hopeless, that you would walk out with hope. The goal this morning is if you've come in here a little bit apathetic about your faith, that you would walk out knowing that you serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you've come in here this morning and you feel like you've been blown around by the wind and the waves, that you would walk out this morning knowing that you have an anchor for your soul that is not flippant, that is not unstable, that is not weak, but is firm and secure. And so as we stand and as we worship, the last thing that I wanna do this morning is as worship is happening, if you need someone to stand with you, believe with you, pray with you for um, the mud or a situation or a circumstance or for your emotions, or maybe you feel broken or maybe you feel beat down, whatever it is, and you need someone to stand with you, because I also believe in borrowed faith at times. When you don't have the faith to believe for yourself, that's why community is so important. That's why the church is the context for spiritual growth. Because as you come in weak, you can lean on the faith of others that can help get you back up on your feet so that you can keep going. There's a story of Paul and Silas going to the prison. As they began to praise God, the chains fell off the other prisoners as well. And so if you feel strong in your faith this morning, your job is not to just sit in and of yourself but to worship this morning, but to believe for people this morning, but to pray for people this morning, but to pick people up this morning. And so if you need someone to stand with you, if you need prayer for anything, I just invite you that as the band's playing, as we're worshiping and singing, would you come this morning? And there'll be people here who can stand with you, who can pray with you, who can believe with you this morning.
It takes a laying down of ourselves in this moment and a turning to Jesus so that we can receive His healing, so that we can receive His grace, so that we can see, receive all that He wants to do in our life. Just why don't you stand on your feet? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray and then the band's going to lead us. And then if you feel like you want to come for prayer, then you're more than welcome to come to prayer. But can I encourage you in this moment to turn your eyes and your hearts back to Jesus. To not worry about anything that's going on around you or the week that's ahead or the week that's just gone. But simply in this moment, in a moment of purity and a moment of authenticity, come to Jesus and just worship Him and turn your mind back to Him. Lord, we just thank You so much for who You are. We thank You that You are good. We thank You that You sent Your Son. Lord, we thank You that You sent Your Son to save us. Lord, I thank You that our hope in Jesus is an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Lord, I thank You that You have entered into the inner sanctuary before us, Jesus, and that You beckon and You call us there. So Jesus, I thank You that our hope is secure in You. Our future is secure in You. And one day we'll be found in the presence of God. Lord, I thank You that You are our High Priest. Jesus, that even right now you intercede for us. Even right now, Lord God, you beckon us. Even right now, Jesus, you forgive us. Even right now, Jesus, you are for us and not against us. And Lord, we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and do what only you can do in this place today. Jesus, we love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, come on. Why don't we sing this together this morning? Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.